This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of the West of the Rest podcast, where we talk West Coast recruiting from the Bay Bridges to the Desert Ridges. I am Blair Angulo, joined by National Recruiting Editor at 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman. And Huff, it is Thursday, December 15th, and we are less than a week away from signing day. How did it sneak up on us? Bro, and the weirdest thing is this is the latest signing day it possibly could be being the third Wednesday of December. But here we are. It's gaining on us. And my goodness, that means that we are just mere days away from being in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl before we get to hear the sweet, sweet sounds, ladies and gentlemen, of the ukulele. You love to remind the listeners that you're going to Hawaii next month. Well, when I have jerks like you and Greg texting me about how it's like 65 degrees in L.A. and you had to like, you know, put a hoodie on to go put out the trash. When I'm looking at my phone, I'm seeing it's 39 today, but it feels like it's 37. I have to look forward to Hawaii and remind everybody that I'm going there. Yeah, no, I I, I, I tip my hat to you, sir. You know, what? what's interesting is that, you know, the early signing period when it was first introduced, everyone was trying to figure out, okay, what's it going to look like? How many recruits are actually going to sign early? Well, it turned out that over 70% were signing early and that number has continued to increase. And then with the inclusion now of the transfer portal, with so much movement in the coaching carousel, with so many other different factors, now I, I think allowing recruits to make that decision early early and then signing early, it's become more of an expected experience. So what does this next week look like for you, Huff, as a recruiting insider? Let's take the listener behind the curtain a little bit. What does a typical day look like for you heading into next Wednesday? Yeah. So, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, we've got official business coming up this weekend over the course of the next few days, it's playing the transfer portal game, which guys are going to be visiting schools and how will that impact ensuing freshmen that are coming in? Who are taking the last minute visits? What are the surprise official visits that might be happening this weekend that are happening stealthily and, and vetting those and finding out if they're actually happening and, and trying to see does that stealth visit mean something bigger than just a visit? You're looking at where are coaches going for those in-home visits this week? You know, who are the last stops that they're going to make before the dead period starts? Who are those guys that they're trying to be the last face that that player sees before he goes on the visit? Then it's the recaps of the visit. Then it's a ton of interviews, podcasts, 
preparation for our signing day show next Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. West Coast Time. Uh, but it also just gathering all this information. What are the last minute surprises going to be? What are the last minute flips? Is there going to be a D'Anthony type flip, D'Anthony Thomas type flip? at the list last minute how do these other you know recruitments factor in and then there's dominoes of reaching recent assistant coaching changes so there's all kinds of stuff going on and you know you're running on your backup phone charger basically on that same topic i had a dad earlier this week asked me if we have two phones like Mm -hmm. do we need two phones sometimes we do right like sometimes i have to end a call prematurely because i'm getting another call or i'm getting a text message Uh, i just went through my phone right now i missed six text messages while we were going through some rankings discussions that now i have to kind of catch up on but yeah it, it was it's it's a really exciting time it's a really fun time this last weekend obviously we run i think out of steam there for a little bit and you have to make sure that you're uh replenishing yourself with 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 coffee and and hydrating and and all that just because it seems like you're working round the clock uh and and you and i will also have travel to deal with to the east coast as we as we go to to some of these signing day locations but i think it is you know one of those things where now we have to go into the commit list or the you know maybe the the offer list and see okay who who could potentially pull off a surprise here and then you start making some of those calls so it's a really fun time a really exciting time obviously you know it is signing day right and this is what fans really thrive on the week unfortunately kicked off in in a somber way and and you know it was uh, a very sad and tragic uh, occurrence down in miss in mississippi where coach mike leach passed away and and he's a former pac-12 coach who had a lot of influence not only out west but obviously throughout the country and i brought up a recruiting story on the recruiting show earlier this week where a a, a recruit told me that there was a time when he visited Pullman when Mike Leach was a head coach at Washington State. And for some reason, he he started shaking like his hand w- was a little trembly and 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 he was he was nervous, I, I think, to meet him. Right. And, and he, I don't think you ever really noticed that from recruits. I think they all like feel like they belong at a place. But there was a sense, I think, that this recruit didn't feel like he belonged in the presence of Mike Leach. And I want to kick off our overreaction segment like we do every 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 week on on this show and i just want to say i don't think there will ever be another mike leach in in the coaching profession or or even in life not even close i mean the guy i, I remember being in you know orlando two weeks after he got fired at Texas Tech, and there he is holding court at a bar. I was there with Alan True, our Midwest guy. We were at this Under Armour party at the NASCAR experience, and there he is at this bar holding court two weeks after he'd been fired, and everybody's listening to him tell stories. And nobody even had to ask him a question. He was the master. Why take five minutes to tell a story when 45 minutes will do? And people were just transfixed on him. And then I listened to his radio show for two years with Jack Aroot, when, I came, when he came to the Pac-12, to, to Washington State, I remember being so excited as a West Coast guy to have this guy in the conference. And look what he did at Washington State. And just the the answers you would get to questions from him, the, the personality, the genuineness, seeing him at high school games in the state of Washington. I mean, he just was such a unique character. And I think in the day and age we live in, how polarizing social media can be, how people always take a contrarian view, the outpouring of love from former coaches of his that are now head coaches, from former players of his that are coaches, from the media, from fans that were fans of rival schools. The outpouring of love and support for Mike Leach just shows how one of a kind and one of one that will ever exist. 
Yeah. And from a recruiting standpoint, I think he transcended all of what's happening in recruiting right now, right? NIL, yes. transfer portal, uh, the coaching carousel, all the different factors that now are becoming major parts of a recruiting process. Like Mike Leach, if he was in your home for an in-home visit and meeting with your parents or meeting with your coaches or or giving your coaches a, a phone call, I mean, this was just a, a guy that I think nullified a lot of the a lot of the other factors, a lot of the different things that maybe affect the recruiting process. So obviously, you know, we send our thoughts and, and um, you know our our prayers to Mike Leach, uh his family and 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 all those that were close to him that are mourning right now. Out West Huff, Stanford got its first commitment in the Troy Taylor era. And dare I say, we might be overreacting here a little bit, but is this a sneaky good hire? Although maybe it wasn't a sexy name. Hey, now he may not have NFL quarterbacking experiences, but the last time Stanford went into the state of California to find an FCS head coach, Jim Harbaugh. What my thing will be, and I'll keep this brief, the biggest thing Stanford needs to figure out is if they're going to support Troy Taylor and give him some flexibility with dealing with the portal, with dealing with admissions, and dealing with NIL. When Jim Harbaugh got there, they didn't all of a sudden make it turn into, you know, Cal State Florida, with all due respect to Greg Biggins. They still had academic requirements, but they loosened them a bit to get Stanford more players in. So if Troy Taylor can get that same kind of support from the administration that Jim Harbaugh did with his offensive play calling with what he did at Sacramento State, they were a non-factor in, in college football and in the big sky. He won three straight big sky titles there with three different quarterbacks, almost four different quarterbacks. And I think he is going to be an absolute steal of a hire for Stanford. And if you're a Cal alum, you know, you're you're probably salty because you probably dreamed of one day Troy Taylor being the next head coach at Cal, being that not only did he play at Cal, not only did he coach at Cal, he was their radio analyst for a number of years too. The guy was Cal to the core, and now he's going across the river or across the uh, the water, across the bay, I guess, to be the coach at Stanford. And you know how successful he could be. Gotta hurt a little bit. Yeah, and you know it's interesting that you bring up Cal because the commitment that they did get, Cal appeared to be leading for this prospect early on in the process, and and I'm speaking of three-star wide receiver Ismail Cease uh, out of Cherry Creek High School in the state of Colorado, a really good athletic, dynamic pass catcher uh, with you know some high upside physically, uh, a player that can stretch the field, and one of his coaches told me he reminds him of Stephon Diggs as a route runner. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a hyperbole there, but I. I think it speaks to what Ismail can do um, on the football field as, as a potential pass catcher. And, and you know, I think we all are in agreement that Stanford needs as many playmakers as they can get. And, dare, you know, can we even dare to to imagine that they might be back in on on, on uh, Walker Lyons, the, the top 24-7 tight end that recently backed off that Cardinal pledge? Well, considering that Troy Taylor used to be the head coach at Folsom High School, that his replacement was Chris Richardson, who used to be the offensive line coach at Folsom High School, and Paul Doherty, who was the head coach at Folsom High School, or Walker Lions plays, I think there's a great possibility that Stanford is back in play for Walker Lions. You also look at you know what kind of immediate impact the quarterback who's slated to take over for Tanner McKee, Ari Patu, Folsom High School. More importantly, with Miles Jackson's commitment to Stanford last week and his subsequent reclassification for 2023, their top quarterback target in 2024, Austin Mack from Folsom High School. So if you're going to have a connection to a school, Folsom is not a bad school to be associated with, especially if he could get you Walker Lions back in the boat. And then Austin Mack, who's the top 100 player for 2024 as their quarterback a year from now. 
Yeah, you know, I, I do think that this was a hire that's that maybe four or five years from now we're gonna look back at and say, oh my, like who, like why, what, why weren't other schools in on him, right? Or, right. or maybe they were, but uh, you know, I think Stanford certainly kind of went under the radar here, and and it'll be interesting to see how much this pays off for them uh, across the Bay. Huff, the UC Board of Regents voted, I think it was eleven to five, that UCLA will then be allowed to move and and go to the Big Ten. Um, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into this and you could tell me if I'm wrong. Are we overreacting when I wonder if, if Cal recruiting now sets itself up for some easy negative recruiting given that the UC regents in a way are kind of begging for money from UCLA to leave and and give Cal, you know, maybe some, you know, some, some payback money? <laughs> it, it's possible. And what did you say the voting was? 11 to 5. So with those five defending defending against no, that might have been some of the best defense that any team in the state of California has played this year during football season. Very good. I like it. I like where your head's at. No, I mean, the thing about it is I just feel like this gives Cal a very negative outlook, right? Like it's, it's, it's the UC system basically saying, hey, we can't lose UCLA because we might crumble without them, right? Yeah. And and it's, I don't know, it just seems like a very weak-minded approach to things, right? Like if I'm cow, I'm like, okay, leave. We're going to now be the top school in, in California, right? Like go ahead and, and do do what you have to do and we're going to and we're going to be just fine. It just seems like a very uh short-sighted panic move by the UC Board of Regents uh to even call these meetings and to even delay the vote and to even, you know, in a way try to block out what UCLA was going to do in its pursuit of joining the Big 10 with USC. And now when Cal is recruiting against some of these other schools in the Pac-12 footprint, they could easily bring up the fact that you know, maybe Cal isn't in the best footing, right? And and that the the ground under underneath Berkeley maybe isn't the most stable. I I just think it's a it's it was a it was a lose lose situation from the beginning to set yourself up and and to from an optics standpoint, it's just not a very good look. And as we know. Any little ground, any little inch that you give in recruiting, a lot of these opposing coaches will take a yard. They'll take a, you know, they'll take a mile. You know, it's just, it could, it could really backfire. And the pettiness that some of these coaches know they were, or act with, you know, that could be used against you too. And I just think it's, like you said, it, it makes it look like Cal was never the superior. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it also showed what a waste of time taxpayers' dollars and UC Board of Regents meeting points to have this. And for it still to be, you know, relatively, uh, I'm not good in math, but I'm pretty sure 11 out of 16 is still two-thirds of the vote, if not more than that. But that just kind of shows you that even the Regents were like, whatever, why are we even having this? And then you get $10 million. Like, okay, great. That could pay for what? The the stadium retrofitting and maybe stop getting in bed with companies that are going bankrupt to name your field and let your football coaches have a little bit more scratch to expand their coaching pool for some NIL deals, Cal. 
Yeah. It, I mean, obviously, we, we had already kind of envisioned what this would mean for UCLA to join USC uh, and go to the Big Ten um, and obviously the impact that that could have on both LA schools. But uh, now the side effect of that is what's going to happen to Cal? What's going to happen to Stanford? What is the recruiting landscape in the state of California going to look like heading into that 2024 season or even next cycle, right? Because these are the prospects that will be you know, among that first group that, that ends up going to, to the Big Ten or or they might decide to stay out west and play in the Pac-12. So a lot to monitor there. And obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on what Cal uh, does as, as a response. We're going to take a short break. But we're going to continue our conversation here. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com all right, Huff, let's get into some recruiting buzz. Four-star cornerback Smith Snowden announced his commitment to Utah as Kyle Whittingham continues to roll. That's four four-star prospects for Kyle Whittingham since Thanksgiving Day weekend. Caleb Lomu from the state of Arizona. You got Hunter Clegg and Spencer Fano. And now Smith Snowden from the state of Utah. On top of Huff, two transfer portal additions. One, a former four-star edge rusher who was at BYU. Logan Fano and then Lavani Damuni, who's transferring out of Stanford to get over to Utah. They also landed a four-star corner from the state of Texas. So this is a program that is certainly benefiting and is certainly capitalizing on another Pac-12 championship. And we don't have to get too in-depth because I think we've been, you know, rooting, rooting and, you know, bringing out our pom-poms for Utah. <laughs> I don't know if, if those if those fans are, uh, you know, maybe getting nauseous about it, but I think it is worth stating that Smith Snowden is the perfect replacement candidate for Clark Phillips, who opted out of, of the Rose Bowl. You know, we always sing in the month of December, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. In December, we should be singing, here comes Kyle Wick, here comes Well, you Kyle know who Wick. else wears red and white? 
and that he would that would be Santa Claus. And has a little bit of frosty color to his hair these days, although he is in way better shape than Santa Claus would ever be as Kyle Whittingham. Are but we gonna talk about his forearms again? We are. You know, this as you know, this is the Kyle Whittingham stand podcast, so we must speak glowingly about him. But uh, again, you and I have talked about this for a number of years on this podcast, and certainly we've talked about in recent weeks that Utah just seems to get hot at the right time in football season. And that's why they play themselves into national playoff contention like they have in recent years, why they play themselves into the Pac-12 championship game and now into consecutive Rose Bowls. And then the way they close and where they always close best has been at home. First, you go to Lone Moon, Arizona, but then to go and get a Spencer Fano, to get a Hunter Clegg, to get a Smith Soda, I mean... What a remarkable run in the last four years. You can go back to that 2019-2020 season when they got Van Fillinger, Xavier Carlton to stay in state, flipping Van Fillinger, but then flipping Carl uh, uh, Clark Phillips from Ohio State in the last three years. It's just been like that each and every year. And Utah knows how to close out a regular season, and Kyle Whittingham and his staff know how to close out December. Yeah, Utah, certainly one to watch. They'll be playing in the Rose Bowl January 2nd. Uh, but I think next week, they could be closing in on a on a terrific finish here as we put a cap on the 2023 recruiting cycle before the new year. Tayshawn Lyons, Huff, one of the top prospects that has yet to make a decision, will be off the board tomorrow on Friday. What's the latest on him? So it's looking like it's going to be a West Coast battle for him. I anticipate that he is going to be committing to Washington. That's where my crystal ball says. Uh, But, you know, a a nice pickup for Washington. That makes out to be who it is. He did take an unofficial visit to to Miami. He took an official visit to Notre Dame. Oregon has long remained in uh, contention with him. Junior Adams had been recruiting him for a while, given his ties to the East Bay. Uh, But the Huskies have been the school that he nearly committed to in in June after his official visit, ultimately decided to hold off saw his recruitment explode but the huskies are you know they got him to come up for the colorado game in the at the end of november at the end of the regular season and the huskies are in a good position to get him and given what their receivers did this year with 2,000 yard receivers if you're a receiver you, you, you probably have to look at that offense as being pretty dang appealing yeah tayshawn Lyons, the four star will be announcing his commitment friday at 4 15 pacific time and you can catch that over on his instagram account the quarterback dominoes in the Evergreen State have also been tumbling. So there's not only movement with Tayshawn Lyons potentially, but also UW and Washington State. UW just lost their quarterback, Huff. Lincoln Reinholz, who committed to Ohio State. And then Washington State has seen its quarterback land an offer from Washington. He just took an official visit over to Michigan State. That would be Sam Levitt. What's the latest on the state of, of the Evergreen when it comes to quarterbacks? Well, and it could actually directly impact a quarterback in the state of Washington and Jabari Johnson with Lincoln Kineholtz's flip from Washington to Ohio State. Washington immediately pivoted to Sam Levitt, who's from Westland, Oregon, just a little bit south of the Oregon border, Oregon-Washington border. He's committed to Washington State, but Michigan State gave him an offer last week. He took an official visit, really was impressed by Michigan State. If he ends up flipping to Michigan State, Washington still needs a quarterback. Jabari Johnson, the in-state kid that Washington had offered before they had offered Lincoln Kineholtz. He's committed to Missouri, but Missouri's offensive coordinator who had been recruiting him just went to Boise State as the offensive coordinator and Bush Hamden. Maybe Jabari Johnson follows him, which might work out okay for Boise State because C.J. Tiller, who's committed to Boise State, figures to be a key target of Washington State. If Washington State loses Sam Levitt, they may pivot to Tiller. And boy, do I need a break right there after all of those moments. <laughs> Dude, it's, um, this is signing day, right? Like These are the effects of the deadline approaching. It 
it's like all these coaches and all these quarterbacks, they see that the assignment hasn't been turned in yet. And they're like, oh, they're scrambling. They're cramming for that for that test. You know, they're trying to at, at some point at, at the end, you know, sub, hit submit and they're just not ready to. So it's going to be really fun. I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, all the the different side side effects that, that happen when, you know, one flip happens to one school and then you have to go and, and go get another one. And uh, that's why it's so important to keep these players warm throughout the process, right? Continue to have those relationships, continue to have communication and contact because you just never know, you know, what's going to happen at the end at the end of the cycle, who's going to go where, who might flip where, you know, which coach might not be there anymore. Um, there are so many different factors that play into it too. You know, the, two of the coaching vacancies that were filled that were maybe the most fascinating were in the Big Ten. That would be Wisconsin and Nebraska. And, and you know, I, I think we all wondered, okay, how, how much will Nebraska, how much will Wisconsin emphasize the West Coast? Uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, there were times where those two programs were looking to the West to, to go and supplement the roster and to add some talent. Well, Luke Fickle has proven that he will come out here and, and try to get guys and he just got one. Tucker Ashcraft, tell us about him, Huff. Seattle, Washington native from O'Day High School. He was committed to Colorado since, uh, since April uh, with the news of Deion Sanders hiring. He and Colorado Colorado parted ways, took an official visit to Wisconsin over the weekend, and that ultimately led to an offer and the subsequent commitment. And obviously, you know, Luke Fickle has had experience coming out to the West Coast or maybe inheriting guys. Joel DeBlanco is a four-year starter for him from the state of Washington when he was at Cincinnati. Uh, so, you know, he's got some experience. Maybe he saw what his alma mater, Ohio State, did with a couple of their Washington prospects in JT Twinmolo and G. Scott, who played at the rival high school of Tucker Ashcraft, but a guy who had a great senior year, a top 15 player in the state of Washington at O'Day High School, and a really nice pickup for Wisconsin because he's a guy that I thought you know, if he had committed, if he hadn't committed as early, might have seen more offers come in this fall. And now he's headed to the Big Ten to play for, you know, a school that's known for kind of their big athletes. So there you have it. Just a bit of information there from a recruiting standpoint. Obviously, a lot of notes, a lot of updates, and all the latest throughout this coming weekend as we make that approach towards signing day. Next Wednesday, you'll be able to catch a signing day show, signing day special from 6 a.m. Pacific to about 3 p.m. Pacific on the 21st. Let's wrap up Huff with the recruit performance of the week. And it goes to Idaho commit Deshaun Buchanan, a three-star running back from Basha High School in Chandler. Arizona, he wrapped up his high school career with, get this, 199 rushing yards and three touchdowns as Basha beat Saguaro for the Arizona Open Division State title. It's the it's the school's first Open Division title ever. And, you know, Buchanan going to Idaho for the time being, Huff, it sounds like Arizona is getting in there. And I would not be surprised if Jetfish and that staff uh, end up flipping him and keeping him in state. You know, they've talked about how important it is to keep some of the top local talent home. Well, you know, Deshaun Buchanan has been overlooked for for a number of, of months now, going into a, maybe a year, year and a half. You got to see him last year, and we we put a really early rating on him. You know, which I think would categorize as as you know mid to to mid to kind of high power five level. And for him to commit to Idaho, you know, we always kind of looked at that. And we're like, okay, well, that's probably just temporary. And he obviously backed it up on the field this season. You know, he had a terrific championship game, had a terrific senior year. And, and it does sound like Arizona could be making a move there for Deshaun Buchanan. 
Yeah, and at first, I think it speaks to the evaluation ability of Thomas Ford, the running backs coach at Idaho, who I knew five years ago was as a high school head coach and then was a head coach at Simon Fraser University, made the jump to Washington as an analyst, went to Idaho, got in on Buchanan. A year ago, he hired or he signed Rodney Woods, who ended up being a freshman All-American at Idaho, which made their first playoff berth in 20 years. But I remember when they were one of the first schools to offer Canyon City, and now he's a top 100 player in the 23 and 3 class headed to Oregon. Big Sky schools can evaluate. Big Sky schools, we watched, you know, how many Big Sky players have gone into the portal and are now becoming hot commodities. Deshaun Buchanan is a Power 5 level running back, and I think he put that on display over the weekend in a very big game. Great evaluation ability by, by Idaho, but also a reason that a lot of these Big Sky schools find them. Power five schools sign them. Yeah, and then it's one of those things too, right? Where maybe these power five schools are beginning to get it, get out in front of things, right? Why wait until that player goes to the big sky or goes to the FCS level and 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 shines? Let's try to get him now and and get him to shine for us, right? So mm-hmm. uh, certainly a, a really interesting part of the recruiting process. Huff, anything else before we go? I just think that, you know, Blair, it's going to be really early for people to be tuning in on Wednesday to see you host the first ever 24-7 sports national recruiting or national signing day recruiting show on YouTube. I am thrilled that our humble little podcast has led to you becoming really the face of our recruiting show. And I'm excited to be on that show with you for a couple hours. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, you're going to be able to catch us next Wednesday on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Uh, We will both be traveling back to the West Coast at some point, I I believe either late Wednesday or early on Thursday. So this podcast may or may not happen later in the week. At some point, we will have, uh, and obviously with the holidays, right, Christmas and everything, uh, we will have kind of a signing day recap and we'll, we'll make sure to hit on all the big West Coast topics. Uh, so for Brandon Huffman and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Gulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast and enjoy signing day, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.